Welcome to the Brickworks podcast, an extension of the studio based here in Burnham-on-Sea. Our aim for this podcast is to have a completely open forum for conversation. This could be about art, life, mental health, or even how the world is burning down around us right now. Whether you're listening to this whilst on a run or relaxing at home, we hope you enjoy our mild-mannered rambles. Thank you. How are you doing, man? How's everything going? I know yeah, we just had yeah, a good. conversation uh, about <laughs> quite a lot, actually. I love yeah. having the conversations before the podcast for some reason. <laughs> it's part of it. I don't know why. It's like just sitting down having a coffee, you know? It feels so chilled. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't beat a coffee. Coffee and smoke. <sighs> True. Yeah. <laughs> you know what was crazy? I couldn't find a cafetiere anywhere in this town. Literally, I broke our cafetiere like... Uh, last week completely forgot to order on Amazon and I've been just trying to find like a, a cafetiere or a French press nowhere in Burnham I had to go to Bridgewater to buy one kidding I was like what the not fuck even... no B&M oh, nothing no? nowhere sold them okay. I was like what the hell is going on <laughs> like, oh my god yeah the, the strains of being a hipster man like yeah, you need to have well. a <laughs> I'm not a hipster, but uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, good coffee, coffee, man. You got to have good coffee, oh. otherwise, otherwise, nothing productive happens. No, no. <laughs> first thing in the morning, first thing I do, go downstairs, put kettle on, coffee, and a fag. I'm not even thinking straight into it. <laughs> done it's just so. become muscle memory. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Got so used to doing it. I think we've all got, um, what is going on with my voice? Whenever I sit down to podcast, my voice goes so <laughs> It's not COVID-19, don't worry. Anyone listening or watching, I'm healthy-ish. <laughs> I've had my jab. I was going to say, you must have had your, your yeah, vaccine. I had it on the 24th of January. That must feel quite good to have your, your vaccine in a way. Like, yeah, yeah. To just be like, okay, cool, I can chill a little bit now. Yeah, I, was, I went home and sort of... Uh, told all the kids that I was now you know like Spider-Man <laughs> can survive uh, anything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah it was really easy just didn't even sit down no no just went in just stuck it in straight out uh, <laughs> it's, it sounds like good. a bit of a conveyor belt yeah it is yeah yeah, it yeah, is. yeah 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 I think they've got to be though honestly they're doing so many people per day it's crazy I think, um Places all yesterday on the news were doing 800 a day. Fuck, 800 people was a day. Was it 800 day? a day? I think it was 800. It wouldn't be, yeah, something like that. That is a lot of people yeah, to be doing that. it in one day. All throughout the whole of the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that kind of makes sense why there's 20 yeah. something million now. My dad's off to get his. Friday, so yeah. he gets his vaccine Friday. He's part of the over 60s club. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think he's very happy about being part of the over 60s club, but there no, we are. <laughs> well, yeah, my dad is the day after mine. Um, went to locking, he mm. was part of the over 70s club. So, uh, <laughs> it's good that it's happening, though, I think. It like, is, you know, and it's it's being rolled out pretty quickly now. So yeah, it is. I think you know we were having a bit of a chat before this about like uh, the the longevity of all of these restrictions and kind of like how it's 
it's fucking with everyone's head a little bit, I think. Like, oh, big, big style. Yeah, man. Big like, style. And I think, you know, if people think it's going to be gone in six months, you know, they've got another thing coming. Mm. <coughs> We're going to have to live with this for a long time. Yeah. Especially things like face masks. Yeah. They're going to be around for a good few years, I think. Totally. Well, it's interesting because, like, a lot of Asian countries use face masks anyway it's like a common yeah. courtesy when they have a cold or yeah. anything like that they, yeah, they wear see face on masks the, uh, on the train I remember um, when SARS hit mm. and you know everybody was already wearing them yeah so uh, yeah yeah which is it's, it's interesting to see like all of like the anti-maskers and all of those sort of like counter intuitive groups you know I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but like it's really interesting that other cultures just have been adapting to that way of life. Yeah, yeah. Even if you put aside, you know, COVID and you know any other disease like that, the pollution in the air mm. is you know people seem to be forgetting about that. Even if masks, even if you don't believe in COVID, mm. you know. You can't not believe in the pollution in the air. No. <laughs> you can see it coming out of the exhaust of cars. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, um, yeah. and, you know, people who are moaning, you know, that everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but mm. feel sorry for the people who have to wear them for 12 hours a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, especially in your, your line of work, exactly. it must have been quite a, an intense you know, yeah. adoption to it. You can't take him off. And, no. Um, I mean, we had a batch last week and the, the string was a bit too short. Mm. And so ears at the end of the day were just agony. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. That must be such a, a pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know... It is what it is, isn't it? I think it's the price we have to pay in a way, you know. It's like my mother has, uh, she's very much like an environmentalist. Not by any means does she attend protests or anything, but, you know, she's been going on about something like this happening for a long time. You know, mm. she's been talking about how the rainforest being cut down and all of these things has caused these issues. It was going to happen. Yeah. You know, it was going to happen if, if you mess with nature. And... It, Historically, every couple of hundred years, there's always been a big epidemic. It was mm. the Spanish flu in 1915 or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Turn yeah, of the century. The, the plague. The, yeah. Every couple of hundred years is something. Yeah, something was so, definitely um, coming. That's just nature, isn't it? It yeah. is, man, it is. But it's, it is a bit daunting to think, like, the impact that the virus has had. Not the actual virus, though, like you know, on people's lives. And like I was saying to yourself earlier, it's like I had a huge like mental blip over the weekend mm. just gone. And it's like a lot of that's attributed to lockdowns and restrictions and the restrictions that I'm feeling yeah. personally on my life. And it's, it's, it's scary to think like, uh, to quote yourself from earlier, like it's scary to think that we might have cr accidentally created like a scarred generation yeah, from absolutely. this. Absolutely, you know? I mean, this will live as people for a long time, mm. and um, yeah, I do, I do think it'll have a, a lasting effect on on the younger generation because um, they've not encountered anything like this before. No, uh, I mean none of us have encountered anything like this before. But you know, some of us, you've got a few more 
sort of years under the belt <laughs> have at least been through you know trying times of war and of course um but this is something it was so unseen and mm. we were just so unprepared mm, mm. and um yeah do you think for yourself like having you know having your your boys and their off at uni well not so much at the moment like have you your sort of um perspective on this pandemic must be sort of drastically different to like myself in a way um I suppose so. Um, obviously, when you've got a large family at home, um, you know you do worry about them um, when they're out and about. Um, but by and large, I mean my my boys. Um, I've got five of them, and they've they're all grown now. Mm. So the youngest is nineteen. Mm. So I think it probably for families where the children are younger. Mm. especially those who'd be going back to school next week mm. if, if that was myself and my kids were due to go back to school next week I would be yeah uh, it'd be this weird I would yeah. have thought this weird tension that you'd be feeling yeah, in a way I think so yeah I, um, I could imagine that must be like for those that are dealing with that it must be really trying like yeah. really stressful in a way you know yeah, yeah. and I think you know my uh, I've got two siblings uh, well yeah two siblings back at home now my sister and my cousin and sort of talking to them a little bit about like uh, their mental health through this pandemic we've all been working like my, all of us in our family have been working throughout this pandemic which I think has grounded us quite a lot you know myself working here my sisters in retail and all those things but it's it's almost this added stress you know what I mean like there's a daily stress of life mm getting up at whatever o'clock going to work etc but then it's like oh yeah this global pandemic i've got to make sure i've got my face mask my my hand sanitizer i've got to make sure i'm not too close to x y and it burns you out real quick man no, like, it does. like it does real quick you know? and um I, I don't think there's many people who aren't feeling it mm, mm. um there might be a couple, mm. but not many, because mm. um, it's just gone on so long now. Yeah. Um, yeah, strange times. Very much so, man. And I think we're all trying to find ways of dealing with it. Like, you know, yourself has been making a lot of art recently. We were having a conversation. Oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... I was having a conversation the other day and I was saying I can't imagine how people must feel who don't have hobbies hmm. like that because you know I've got loads of hobbies um, you know I love reading I love watching films obviously you know I love my drawing and my painting hmm. but I've got friends who've got no hobbies and I think well what are they doing with all their time Mm, mm. and I think you know so myself I thank my lucky stars that I you know I have got things that I always want to do yeah and um, you know I know my my dad sometimes says you know being retired he says oh 
you'll hate it when you retired. And I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Got to have all this free time. Yeah, because I never, you know, I, I have very little downtime. You know, mm. if I'm not out working, I'm painting or I'm yeah. cooking or, you know, yeah. I spend a lot of time with my father. Mm. Um, you know, so... I have very little downtime. Yeah, yeah. I so, can imagine retirement sounds quite dreamlike. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man, I'm so far away from that. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I'm counting down. Yeah. <laughs> it might still be a fairly long count, but... Oh, mate, start the count now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been... Um, creating a lot i know you were saying that you've been making like loads of pieces like, mm. i think a lot of us in who are artists have just been using art to try and escape this yeah fucking terrible reality we find Absolutely. ourselves in you were showing me this i'm not going to name the piece because i'm not going to go down that road but this new piece that you've been working on mm. like you've been putting so many hours into that man yeah i think it must be 230 240 hours at the moment That's and i'm thinking crazy. it'll be Around about three hundred when I finished. That's mad. Yeah. That's, that's it's, it's so a big many piece. hours. Um, big piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's been pretty intense. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. It, well, especially with the detail, like the the detail of your work as well. Like I think that's so prevalent. Like when you look at your work, the first thing I notice is a it's pencil and monochrome which is amazing i love monochrome work but also the like the detail in it like we were just looking at that new piece you've been working on and like zooming into it and seeing like every little line mm. i'm like fuck man <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i can imagine yeah um but that's what i love that for me that, that is the best part is working on really detailed pieces um, and I like working on pieces that take a long time mm. and um, always as I get towards the end of them I'm like oh, I just want to finish it I just want to finish it and then I'll finish it and I'll think I'm going to have time off now and within the day I'm sat there thinking I'm bored yeah what am I going to do yeah and then I'll start something else <laughs> Um, and I've always been the same because um, I do get I get a bit obsessive mm. um, whereas when I'm not drawing and I've got lots of other things to do jobs around the house that have been waiting <laughs> for years and all the time I'm thinking I need to get back and do a bit more I need to get back and do a bit more Yeah. so it does get a little bit obsessive mm. so I need to be you know a little bit careful uh, careful about mm. and, um, I just you know I just love it so much definitely mm. you can see it though you can see like the passion that goes into like all the detail and then the scale of these these pictures that you work on as well uh, sorry uh, artwork that you work on it's like I was, I've always been interested where did the eye for detail start like was it something that yourself has always been interested in like having that <coughs> almost photorealism um well, the, f the photorealism, really, I mean, for a long time, I used to do um, wildlife and stuff like that. Um, 
and I tried to get them as close as I could, but I used to it used to be a lot of paints back then, mm. um, and uh, Primazorb watercolor. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I suppose about six years ago, a friend of mine, he's a very good artist, but hadn't drawn for years, um, asked me some advice um, on pencils, and he was well into his photorealism. Mm. and sort of showed me it and I started looking at photorealism and saw um, people like Joan O'Dry and um, Emmanuel Descano mm. whose work is just unbelievable yeah, it's phenomenal you know, 800 hours a piece yeah you know yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and since then I've been trying to work more on the sort of trying to get that photo realism and um, I'm still not quite there but I'm getting there mm, mm. you know the the piece that you did of uh, Slash I think it is the Slash oh, piece yeah it's like one of my favourites like, uh, yeah. no that's qu- quite an old piece now that's that's probably about 12 years old mm. but that's um, it was one of my favourites just because Slash contacted me <laughs> so, no way yeah that's yeah. so how did that go <laughs> well I just uh I treated it to his, to him, mm. not expecting anything back. And I, and my the reason I did it is because my my wife is a massive slash fan, mm. massive slash fan. <laughs> um, she's got a pair of his jeans and his t-shirt at home, which I Crazy. bought for a birthday. I had to go online and had to go to that in CD underbella and in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. So um, she's a massive slash fan. So I did did that for anyway so I treated it to him and um, yeah he got back to me um, within like an hour saying (laughs) that's an amazing artwork Um, I'm going to show it to my wife I can't remember what her name was at the time and also I woke my wife up and showed her she was really pissed off (laughs) she's been asleep (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah so so that was that was good Mm. I've always noticed there's this weird correlation in there when you make pieces about celebrities like like there's these pieces hanging in the the podcast area at the moment and I don't know it sounds really bad but I'm too young to know who these characters are I think but I think they're from TV I James from Carry On Carry On Cleo Um, that I can't remember his name but he was in was he in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? I think. <laughs> Can't remember his name, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's Sid James, that one. Yeah. Um, from Carry On. That shows how I don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pre-1995. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from my fashion. Um, but no, it's really, it's really interesting because like, I think celebrities are quite a good place to start with portraits like when yeah. you're making portraiture because there's so many images and like you know of celebrities i think personally i've never painted or drawn a portrait i can draw a stick man i'll live with that <laughs> um but i've always found it interesting like your portraiture is you can see like the different celebrities and sort of characters that you're you've sort of drawn i, I also remember the um joker and the harley quinn piece is cool as well and it seems like a really good way of like getting into portrait painting or or drawing anyways yeah i mean i think if you start doing portraits if you do people 
off the street um, and then you show it to someone for their opinion mm. unless they know that person they don't know how accurate the picture is or not mm. but if you do someone off the TV who's a you know a well-known face and you show it to someone if they don't know who it is mm. you know you're way off yeah yeah um, yeah very true I mean I, I used to really struggle with portraits Really? Yeah. For so you wouldn't a think long, that. Long time. I only started to get my sort of home my portraits about five years ago. Mm. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, I've been drawing a long time. Yeah. But it took me that long. Yeah. Uh, what? How come it took you that long <laughs> to get comfortable with it? Because obviously you've been yeah. you've been drawing such a um, long time. Thing with portraits uh, is you've only got to be a couple of millimetres out. Yeah, And it true. goes from looking like the person you're drawing to looking like someone who vaguely resembles the person you're drawing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. It's, yeah. it's as simple as that. And, you know, I used to get to the point where I'd have, like, the eyes, and you, the eyes would look perfect. Mm. And you'd have the nose, and the nose would look perfect. And the mouth would look perfect, but you put them all together. Mm. Didn't work. It didn't work. Mm. And um, for a long time, like, you know, my wife used to say, maybe, you, you know, you should stick with your animals because, you know, your wildlife pictures are great, but you're not quite getting it with the... The portraits. The portraits. Um, and then suddenly it clicked, you know. Mm. You've just got to keep going and keep trying and keep trying totally and um you know nothing worth having comes easy that's true that's know? so true yeah and um you know so it's I've, just i've always found like the composition of portraiture really interesting like I'm not sure if composition is the correct terminology, but like you were saying like getting the spacing between the eyes and the nose and all those things like it must be really tricky to sort of... Because when it comes to taking a portrait, so like for me, from a photography background, taking a portrait is, in the grand scheme of things, quite simple. You just have to make sure they're posed correctly, lighting's good, those sort of things. But drawing a portrait, you have to deal with the posing, the lighting, the composition. But then on top of that, you've actually got to draw the person to a lifelike mm. manner, whereas I'm just capturing them in life, you know? So it's this whole other element of making a portrait. I mean, I, I think it be, it's become easier nowadays because you've got so many um, software tools at your fingertips with your phone. Mm. So if you're drawing a portrait, um, and the picture's quite bright mm. um, so you edit your picture you put a filter on you mm. make it darker Yeah. bring out the shadow and then you can use the shadow to gauge the distance between the eye and the nose mm. and then you just keep using different variations of that image Yeah. to piece the face together mm. um, and so that, that's an advantage that you know newer software has uh, has brought to the, 
to the market, so to speak. Yeah, of course. Because you're you're still old <laughs> old school. Apologies, that might be a little bit rude. Because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to say that, yeah, man. Yeah, I swear. You just <laughs> added school on the end. It made it cool, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, you're still, as we said, drawing in pencil, which is like such a raw medium of art. I found because it's like you know going past like the actual pencil but it's lead and mm. you know it's this raw element and there seems to be a sort of i don't know maybe deeper philosophy philosophical philosophical no that's not the word this deeper meaning i think anyways to like pencil drawing because it is like a ground element mm. compared to a large majority of portraiture i suppose now is obviously has probably primarily been paint but digital as well a lot of digital yeah. portraiture you know i see a lot of that on social media and other platforms of you know people using like graphics tablets and whack and all these things to like create portraiture mm. and it's it's really interesting to see yourself still going at it with the pencil and still be ju just as detailed yeah um i mean i've got sort of mixed views on digital art mm. um I like it and I hate it. Mm. I yeah. like it because I like what I see. I hate it because... <laughs> <laughs> I was approached by um, a couple of big film studios to do artwork. Mm. Um, and they went out to a number of artists. Um, but they were only going to pay the ones whose pictures they selected. Mm. So I did a few images. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of hours work. And every image that was selected was digital art. Mm. And that happened about four or five times until in the end I was like, you know, I'm not... Not going to bother. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Because obviously I've not got the skills that they're looking for. Mm. They're looking for skill for digital art. Mm. Um, and that's fine, but they should they should really make that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the actual work that I see, uh, you know, a lot of digital art, I think is really good. Mm. And um, But yeah, I'm just to uh, set a new eyes, I think, to, uh, to be able to adapt to that now and I don't even know whether I'd want to. I was going to um, say, would you, would you want to? I don't know if I would no, want to. I don't to. think I would now. No, I think when I when I started doing what I do, I because I've got quite a funny sort of history in art. Because I was when I was at school, um, I was the only one who didn't get into art college, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and the reason that the college gave was because I suffered from epilepsy. Mm. And they said it would be disruptive for the class. Mm. So I sort of lost all motivation in art and I stopped painting for 10 years. Mm. And I started again when I was 28 uh, because my parents went to the um, the parks in America. And, uh, oh, cool. They, yeah, they sent, sent me a postcard with a Navajo Indian on it. Mm. And my wife was working at night, so I just thought, oh, well, if I can still do all that. Yeah. And I, I drew it, and I was better than I have been 10 years previously. <laughs> and I've not stopped drawing since then. So, um, 
I started exhibiting um, wildlife art with the Marwell International Wildlife Art Society mm. about 2003, and I did that for three years. Um, but the standard there was just so high yeah. that, you know, I, I mean, these are some of the best artists in the world. Yeah. And to go from being like in a small town where everybody thought your work was great to yeah. suddenly go in to an exhibition where your work was way down the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh my God. But, you know, I stuck with it for three years. And um, I think by the time I, by the time I left Marwell, I was a bit closer to sort of the halfway mark, mm. but I saw so many great artists there that I sort of decided that I wanted to try and be the best artist I could be. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's it's never been that much about. It's never been about making money or mm. this and the other. It's always been about trying to become the best artist I can. Mm. And I think for me pencil is my path to being the best artist I can be mm, mm. because my pencil works better than my acrylic or than my primas or watercolour or any other medium mm. and um, pencil's what I love mm. you know um, it's my sort of go-to place mm. um, I think we we were saying this earlier like with artists we've always all find almost all of us have a medium that we go back to that is our like baseline medium of creating you know obviously mine's primarily photography yourself sounds like it's primarily pencil work and it's i think having that strong baseline this is what i try and say to like younger artists is find your baseline find what you're really interested in and then build off of that rather than trying to find lots and lots of things that you're interested in at once yeah because 100% yeah because I think you can then get confused in your creative process and what you're sort of wanting to make in a way whereas if you have that base where you know you can go back to and find your your your, your level ground to make from you can then build off of it in other ways you know and it sounds sounds like yourself has come almost full circle back yeah, to I pencil so. yeah yeah I mean it's um What's the saying? Jack of all trades and a master of none. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I went, I tried various different mediums, but every time, all I wanted to be doing was pencil work. Mm. And I'd be doing this other stuff, and I'd be like, as I said to you earlier, it was more of a trial mm. than enjoyment. Mm. And, I, you know, I'm not saying I won't ever paint again or I won't ever do this or do that. But my heart has always been pencil work mm. and um, that's what I love to do and funnily enough that's the cheapest thing to do <laughs> <laughs> which helps and, uh, but I'm, I was lucky in that I found my love of pencil work you know at a young age mm. and I you know it's you know it, it's a shame some people have to wait a long time before they actually find out what they're you know what they're good at it's yeah. like you know Damien Nicholson he's, he's found his niche perfectly now with his, his spray art mm. and um, you know Damien's work's superb mm. Um, mm. but for you know for a long time 
I don't think he knew. I don't think he was as as happy as he is clearly now. Yeah, you know, with his spy art, and it's you know, it's good to see he's he's found mm. he's found his forte. Yeah, totally. And I think like exploration is important. You know, I think as artists, like to explore different mediums having that baseline's great but you need to continue to explore yeah. you know for me it's been very much like exploring with poetry like at different genres of art rather than different mediums within mm. photography and i found a lot of growth in that and it by no means do i think i'm going to be a great poet i just like to write mm. and it gives me a sense of freedom outside of the freedom i feel of making imagery mm. and I think having those different forms of exploration and different forms of art to play with is vital to continuing yeah. like developing your work and I'm sure you've probably found the same with playing with you know acrylics and all these different like forms of uh, creating pieces yeah absolutely um, I mean I'm still learning new techniques now you mm. know I've learned new techniques in the last on this last piece I've been doing mm. um, I've tried new techniques that I've never tried before um, and you know I've been drawing and painting a long time mm. um, but of course you know a lot of that is again the advent of new technology YouTube yeah. there's so many useful um, you know clips on YouTube and uh, featurettes um, mm. and of course anybody can upload to it yeah and um so nowadays i find that sort of invaluable mm. Um, mm. especially with the hyper realism stuff trying to uh, improve on that <clears throat> and seeing how some of the <clears throat> the professionals who are submitting stuff to the ilex um exhibitions seeing how they do their work and how they compose it and mm, mm, mm. so yeah so i use youtube all the time nowadays yeah totally just to research well it's such a valuable asset oh, you know God, yeah. it's really weird because i don't know if you've ever caught this stigma in the art world but like the idea of watching a how-to is kind of deemed as not wrong but deemed as like not the way to learn it's yeah, like but... <clears throat> i'm like I've learned so much from watching like YouTubers, like, photography YouTubers describing yeah. artwork and the composition. And I think as I was saying to you earlier, um, I'm of an age now where I don't care what yeah. anyone thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think you do get to an age where you're just like, you know, I, I really, I haven't got the energy to care what you think anymore, <laughs> and. Um, I've never been a big. I love art, and I love the kind of work that I've always looked at. Mm. The artists I've always looked at, um, but the art world itself, I've always found very pretentious, and um, you know, a bit cutthroat. Um, and I've never really cared that much. No. What? But you know, if people want to say, "Oh, that's not the way to learn." It's fine, I don't care. Whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, do it. I'm going to do it my own way. I'll, I'll do it, you know? I remember at school, they used to tell us to draw a face. You draw the oval and you mm. draw a line in the middle 
and that'll be where the eyes are and then the line three quarters of the way down and that'll yeah. be where the mouth was um well i've taught art to various various students over the last few years i've always said to them the first thing i've, I've ever said is i you know i don't teach the way they want you they to teach you at school yeah. or at university because i'm self-taught mm. so i'll teach you the way i do it mm. the way the methods i use um, and i've always used like what i call the jigsaw method where mm. if i'm doing a portrait i'll start on the left eye and then i'll use the shadow mm. and shading to work out distances and so you know and i'll i'll go through it with the people i'm teaching and we'll do a piece together mm. i'll do a bit they'll watch then they'll do a bit and, mm. and that's how i've always um showed people um i think people in the art world would stone me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's fine you know they say art is beauty's in the either beholder totally you know um yeah. there is no definitive this is white in art and this is wrong mm. because who gave anyone the white to say this is right yeah, 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 yeah. no one did yeah. anybody who can pick up a pencil and draw has the right to draw however they want to draw and whatever they want and to draw and whatever they want yeah. to draw yeah and it's such a, a liberating way of looking at art because I think yeah. You know, for me, I've come from like the educational background very much. So, like, I've spent a lot of time studying photography or the art world in general. So, there's it can feel a little bit confined and box like sometimes. And for me, especially now as an artist, I'm definitely trying to explore mm. and break out of these like boxes in a way. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I think society does that, it tries to control the populace by in all ways and in art by you know you should do this and mm. you should do that and you should do the other mm. and why yeah you know why and that's all it takes is for us to say why and that's not only in art that's in you know in life in general totally but um but yeah so that's my opinion <laughs> for what it's worth <laughs> oh it's worth a lot man yeah, I, the, uh, I was filming um, before coming on this podcast with yourself I filmed like a little thing for the Brickworks Instagram story and it was uh, I introduced you as uh, the local legend because <laughs> like, everybody I know who's into the arts here in Burnham like knows of yourself and your work and it's like that's nice yeah it's a great like a really like that's the way I've always seen yourself as well. Like I think this is the first time we've really sat down, and had a proper, full-on conversation yeah. together, because we've always just seen each other in passing yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, and I, I was saying earlier, I always remember at Bozfest 2018, yeah. like when I was panicking, pasting some pictures on a wall. I could just see yourself with your headphones, like in your own little world, just yeah. drawing your Yoda and like looking at it and being like, fuck, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but yeah, and that's made me headphones on in my own little world. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's my go to place. And, uh, 100%. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's nice to know that, um, that people 
sort of know me um, for my work and uh, and like it mm. and um, you know because I've you know I've worked hard to get to the to the level I'm at I've totally put hundreds of thousands of hours in yeah and um, you know uh, say I've never been the best salesman but that's never been what it's about no and if my work ever is worth anything mm. my house would be a gold mine because there's so much of it that i finish and then gets put in the on the you know shelf. you want to donate some to the brickworks right yeah. well, i might have to you know we've got plenty got of any more space, space. Yeah. <laughs> i've got hundreds of pieces i'm there. sure we can make some space now i've always been interested in like your street stuff like your the work that you do uh, on on the street obviously the piece that was at Bozfest the, the board that yourself was doing but also I know you've done a couple of like um, shutters shop mm. shutters and stuff like the, that must be quite an interesting transition going from detailed pencil work to you know um, 12 foot yeah, by 12 foot yeah um, that shutter what are you mm. talking about yeah um, that was because um, you see I mean I'll paint on anything um, if someone asked me to paint on something I'll paint on anything and of course that shutter was corrugated mm. so it's not like you can just yeah, yeah. you've got to get in and out and in and out and <laughs> in and out and you know so um, you know where I thought oh yeah that's going to take me day day and a half actually took me like a week and a half mm. so yeah so pretty much out of pocket there <laughs> but it was fun you know and it, it is nice painting on the street when the sun's shining and people are stopping and chatting to you and mm. you know that's all part and parcel of it and you know when painting's what you love to do mm. it's, it's no big effort is it you know no. um but then i got asked last year um hard knocks boxing gym yeah 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 bobby asked me to paint the hard knock sign inside the gym and um because that's just uh, breeze block. Yeah. Painting on breeze block, man. Oh, painting on breeze block. <laughs> Don't ever do it. <laughs> that Don't bad. ever do it. And then at the end, I finished it, and I turned around, and there's like these massive bits of wood on the floor. And I was like, what are they for? And I think Bobby was like, oh, we're going to put them on the wall. And I was like, oh, could have painted on them. <laughs> yeah, it done in like two hours. So, yeah, yeah, I was a bit stupid there. But there we go. <laughs> I suppose that's the ground you end up falling in when you're painting on anything, though. Well, yeah. No, yeah, it's, really, yeah. it's really interesting. Like, I'd love to see... Because I'm very much into the street art world. Like, I love that style of creation. And, mm. in it. you know, I, I was very lucky. I went and saw this fantastic new space in Bristol... Um, who's uh, run by like a group called Keep Art It. Anyways, and there was some amazing street artists there painting inside mm. this inside the mall. And I'd love to like see a piece like yours, like that scale, you know, huge. It would, obviously, I, I dread to think how many hours it would take for you to mm. make something like that. But, you know, for example, the, the piece that's opposite the brickworks, it's yeah. the, something like that would be amazing yeah. to see. I mean, I... Because I used to do a lot of tigers, I did think um, at one point about um, like trying to do a big tiger on the wall um, at one of the festivals. Mm. Um, but then, you know, with work and all, I never managed to get to the next festival. Mm. Um, so, you know, things get in the way, and 
It's but I do like um, I do like uh, you know a lot of the street art. Mm, mm. Um, I, you know, I love the shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Linton mode, and, and then like you say, the one opposite the brickworks is probably mm. my favourite. Yeah, it's a lovely it's piece. Beautiful. It's yeah. a lovely piece. There's a lot of really nice pieces here. Yeah, you know, in in Burnham, and it's a shame that there's not more. <laughs> you know, yeah. it would be great to see more pieces in Burnham or more. Of, um, it's weird. I don't know if you get the same sense as being an artist here, but Burnham is a sort of town that is in a weird position that it could be really fantastic for the arts because it has everything that it would need for the arts. We've got cinemas, we've got you know theatre spaces, now gallery spaces, and plenty of walls. But it's not quite there yet. It's like, it's almost, it needs that big push and it yeah. would get to that point. It's like... I'd love to see this town to become that that hub, that that little seaside town that just really adapted yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it seems almost like the town is torn between different generations. Mm. Um, you know, those who are used to seeing the street art and are happy to see it, mm. and those who haven't really seen it before and of course mm. in the past it was always um it was always thought to be graffiti mm. and, you know mm. and so and you can understand you know for their point of view having had that mm. mentality in the past for yeah. many years you know mm. it's so changes change is difficult of course um so, but but Burnham's a great little town, you know. Um, and there's a lot of good artists here. Um, there's a lot of talent in, you know, not just in in art. There's a lot of um, great musicians. Oh, yeah, you know? loads of fantastic musicians. Yeah, loads of musicians. Um, I often say, um, I've often said, it's it's an amazing the number of. Um, you know, top athletes who've got mm. around there. I mean, you know, we had the world BMX champion. Oh, yeah, Liam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got um, Paul Anderson, the yeah. dance champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got uh, one of the one of the bare-knuckle boxing world champions. Is it Mason, I think? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but no, I think it's really interesting that this town, obviously, you know, there's something, you know, this is my hometown now, pretty much. I've been there 20 years, so it's yeah. basically my hometown. And it's it's really interesting to see, because I've grown up here, the, the development of the town, you know, and there is, and I work quite closely with the council and other entities, and it is good to see that slowly these things are morphing mm. and the town is changing. And I think, I don't think you could have hit the nail on the head anymore than there is a town split between what feels like two completely yeah. different ethoses. You know, it's, we're really lucky to have great educations here, like King Alfred school who are much more, you know, uh, adapt in the art world. Mm. Now they're becoming much more adapt towards the creative processes anyways. And there is a lot of very talented people in this town, and it's oh, definitely. and it's 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 amazing that that 
hasn't been fully utilized yet you know we're, we're still in that weird gray area yeah. where it's starting to be but it's not quite yeah. there yet and it's yeah. like it'd be amazing to see over the next five years hopefully or less yeah fingers crossed yeah. that it develops and it builds into something hopefully so yeah long, you know so long as this bloody <laughs> pandemic doesn't uh, <laughs> take over the world yeah 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 well we hope it doesn't fingers crossed <laughs> so what um apart from this new piece that you've been working on is there anything else that yourself has been sort of uh, new artwork new new projects I saw you got a little home gym going on at the moment I was I was yeah. pretty stoked about that yeah well I mean I've been going to the gym for 30 35 years Christ 35 years yeah um, and you know this last year has just been it's just been difficult, you know. Because mm. when you when you it's become part of your life, and you, you go all the time. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not not like I used to. I used to go like five times a week when I was younger. But you know, I'd still get in two, three times a week. Mm. When you've been doing that for thirty years, and suddenly you can't go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. What am I going to do with myself? Totally. And. Um, so yeah, I was just getting a little bit too out of shape. So, uh, and then my son found a load of weights in the back shed. So, <laughs> we're like, all right. So yeah, doing a bit of that every couple of days. Uh, That's good. Until we get back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about being physically active. I think you know, yeah. as creatives anyway. I've always found. Yeah, I think um, you know, doing having. The endomorph, having the um, endorphins mm. generated when you do exercise, um, I think it's it really stimulates the creative parts in your brain, mm. and um, you feel a lot better if you're going to sit down and draw for seven or eight hours. Yeah, you know, if you don't feel like you, you know. You, you can't reach the table because your stomach's in the way. You feel <laughs> you feel a lot better at the start. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I like to do a bit of exercise. That's good, though. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think, like, the serotonin releases and stuff like that, yeah. the, the chemical structure of the mind, yeah. not to go down the rabbit hole, yeah, it, but from exercise, it really... Yeah, it gives you a whole new perspective, especially if you're making, if you're doing a lot of creating or building or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like, it's a very... I found a really good way of calming the mind to approach those sort of things. Yeah. I've always found, like, if I've got a big shoot day or something like a client commission, I'll try and get, like, a really big run in the morning before it. So my body's just like... Yeah. So my mind's like, okay, cool, we're good. Like, we can go to work sort yeah, of thing. I, mean, you know I can't I mean? say I would get many runs in me and running just don't see eye to eye <laughs> well, I didn't see eye to eye with it for a very <laughs> long time so, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think I'll just sit down and watch Coronation Street instead but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, um, but no I do like to um, to work out with, with weights and, mm. you know it's a, 
become part of my life yeah I think staying active is quite important like well more than quite important it's <clears throat> I think it's kind of vital in some ways mm. um, especially at the moment yeah. I think it's the only release a lot of us have yeah. is staying active you know and it's yeah it, it's one of those things I think it, it, it can be it can feel like this dread like but I suppose when you've been doing it for so long like 30 years like that's crazy to be going to the gym however many times a week for 30 years like yeah. that's a discipline <laughs> like yeah it's like all the money I've wasted <laughs> <laughs> drive a 20 year old car mate you yeah. know yeah, yeah, I could be driving yeah but uh, but yeah so but you know it's good you get a good community in the gym you know mm. most of my friends are people from the gym so mm. um so yeah it's always been a sort of cool part of my life since i was about 19. yeah totally so. that's so good man no that's so good and uh i pretty like i was just thinking i think that's uh we've pretty much nailed that podcast how did you find your first podcast actually uh, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. You know, a little bit um, tongue-tied a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, all right, when I sort of start rabbiting on, mm. and then you sort of realise that there's a microphone there, then you get a bit tongue-tied, and your <laughs> mouth gets a bit dry. <laughs> and then you think, bloody, what did I just say? I sounded like a white tit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a... That's my life in general. <laughs> Honestly, I feel you on that one, man. You know, it's really interesting because, like, I love, I love this process of sitting down and talking with people. Like, I only really started making podcasts like last year. I made my first back in the first lockdown. I made a, a, a podcast series, and I just like fell in love with the, the the communication and the the conversation of it all. Like. And that was all through like Skype, that first podcast. Whereas this obviously is in person. It's so much better, like mm. sitting here and actually just chatting, like in person. And I'm so happy we've been able to like continue to do this. Like, yeah. like I, I hope that the people that listen or watch these podcasts, they they get something from it or get as much from it. See, I just punch the microphone. I do it all the time. That's something to edit out. <laughs> but. um I get a lot from these conversations as well. Like it's, yeah, I hope that the people listening get the same amount from that as well. And I hope that they, the people that come on this, like yourself, they find, find it interesting, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when you sent me the message, I felt, oh, that's quite flattered. Well, like, oh, <laughs> that's the thing, man. Yeah. It's like, as I said, local legend. I, I've always wanted to sit down and have a chat with yourself about your work because I've always seen it, whether it's on social media or in person. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to see it a few times. And it's... I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things when you're the person doing that work, um, it's almost like you can't see the wood for the trees. You know, you're too close to it, so you don't actually know what... You know, you know what people say to you. You say, oh, yeah, it's really good. But yeah, then, yeah. you know as far as you know that you could walk off and they could go yeah that's a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so you don't know so to, to her you know good things yeah is of a, course is a positive no um, totally you know and I think like we're, you were saying about before we came on about um, not being a businessman with yeah. regards to your artwork I 
I don't think you need to be. I don't think any of us really need to be. All we need to know is how to tell our story, you know, yeah. what I we're mean, making. I've, you know, I've sold quite a lot of work over the years. Mm. Um, and I've never really gone out to look for work. It's always been mm. people coming to me for it. Mm. So, you know, I think if I was a businessman, I'd probably do pretty well. Mm. I think of, you know, how much work I've sold just in this town over the years. Mm. But um, fortunately, yeah, that's uh, one set of skills I do not have. And, uh, well, you never know, man. Retirement, you might become a businessman in retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, the wife will be like, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Oh, you no. <laughs> you won't actually be making anything by that point. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i feel you there <laughs> oh, my voice <laughs> every time no well i appreciate you coming on man and Thank like having a chat inviting me. no of Much course like of course and i want to as i said before once these restrictions and everything's lifted and uh, you know we're back to a sense of normality i want to i'd love to get you more involved with this space and yeah, the brickworks and whether we get get yourself running some workshops or something yeah, like yeah, you know cool. i think i could fully see yourself please stop me if i'm wrong as a teacher or in a position where you're yeah. showcasing your skill and yeah, sh- I mean, learn showing demonstrations before and as i said earlier man. i used to teach um you know sort of mm. one-on-one students yeah 100 percent. so yeah, I can, that'd be good i can i can see i can see it you know what i mean like yourself passing over the knowledge and the 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 skill set that you have which is vast and very detailed (laughs) to not play on the pun um and so i'd love to share that through this space in some capacity you know hopefully we can i mean you know so long as people enjoy what they're doing and um i think anybody who sees any improvement is going to be enjoying what they're doing Mm. and you know I'm still improving yeah um, after 30 years I'm still improving on a picture by picture basis totally and if I do a picture and it's not and I don't see an improvement that's when I'm disappointed mm. you know I like to try and make every picture better than the last mm. Mm. Um, that constant improvement I think is vital yeah. you know having that constant improvement yeah. at no matter stage of your career you're at yeah. you know yeah. no it's it's a it's a very nice nice tone to end it on I think <laughs> but um so do you have social media like where you share your work I've got Facebook okay I say my website is down um I haven't had a website for a few years but I am hoping as we said earlier I'm hoping to to get a new website up at some point. Yeah, wrangle work. Not too different this no. time future. Um, but I've got Facebook. Cool. And I've got Instagram. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll make sure I put them all down in the yeah. description and all those things. But yeah. now, as I said, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on and Thank sharing sharing some, some, some of your stories about your work, man. <laughs> Great. So... To everyone listening or watching this podcast, make sure you go check out Damien's work. It's honestly incredible. Um, the detail and the fine detail in all the work as well. Like, I'm going to go look at some later. <laughs> 
um but yeah all the links and stuff will be down in the description below this video or if you're watching on spotify as well so as i say at the end of every podcast guys it's a crazy world out there make sure you take care of yourself keep your spirits up especially right now and uh look after your loved ones that's a nice somber note to end it on i think it is isn't it? yeah no it's nice <laughs> yeah. take care guys peace